Last time on Divisive Issues. Uh, who is Lord Ogun? Uh, Museums. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, he brought samurai armor for like three seconds and he took it off. <laughs> you could have just wore it the whole time. For real though, last time Wolverine died, paving the way for our favorite X-Man, Cyclops, to be the face of the franchise. Right, guys? Welcome to Divisive Issues, the spoiler-filled, loud-mouth comic book podcast where we talk about controversial and notorious comic books. I'm Ryan. I'm Sly. I'm Phil. And I'm Daryl. I should point out, uh, Ryan said loudmouth. Uh, I think he meant uh, foul mouth. Did I say loudmouth? <laughs> but loudmouth is also accurate. <laughs> yes, I meant foul mouth. Okay, so today we are going to be doing part two of our Let's Kill All the Good X-Men characters, and it's Death of X. By Jeff Lemire, Charles Sewell, with art by, what is it, Aaron Cooter? Aaron Cooter. Aaron yeah. Cooter. So, one thing to note. Uh, last time you mentioned Charles Sewell uh, had, was not related to the X-Men books at all at the time. He's a newcomer. For, like I think that was like one of his earliest Marvel books. Like He did one before that. And here, uh, it's Charles Sewell again, but to be... To Marvel's credit, they did have the current X-Writer, Jeff Lemire, co-writing it. And Charles Sewell was writing in Humans. Oh, he was? Well, Inhuman sucks, so that's almost irrelevant, but it is... <laughs> a knock against him. But this is... The team makes more sense here. Yes. Yeah, I did not realize this was written by the same one as Death of Wolverine. I did not. Hopefully either. it'll be as good. Yes. <laughs> uh, so, before we begin, can I give you guys a fun fact? Yes. That I didn't know that you guys all... We'll see if Phil knows this. I did not realize that Cyclops does not have laser eyes. He has gateways to the punch dimension. In his eyes. Okay. I, I did not know that either. <laughs> All right. That's that's never been referenced in any comic book. It's just uh, in the fucking Marvel handbook they mentioned it and it's been a fucking meme. It's not Ken. I'm not going to treat it as Ken. I, thought they were, I didn't think they were lasers. They're kinetic energy, right? Yeah. And, yeah, they're kinetic energy. The the, the only explanation that was actually in the comic in the 60s was that his eyes are solar power and they shoot kinetic energy. A fucking Marvel handbook said they're punch dimensions. I will not consider that Ken. Fuck you, Marvel <laughs> handbook. So everybody knows all about Wolverine. But I feel like before we do the story, we should give a little bit of Cyclops stuff. Because I'm a huge Cyclops fan, Sly's a huge Cyclops fan, and we... Even though there was a thread in the Comrade Radio Facebook group where apparently everybody who listens to the network loves Cyclops, that's not the norm. Usually people complain about how boring he is and how shitty he is. Why do you... Cyclops suffer a lot because he's like the... Foil for Wolverine. He's the guy that Wolverine yeah. butts heads with. Yeah, yeah I, I actually liked him the most from the animated series. But I could see if you were a big Wolverine fan that Cyclops is a big wet blanket the entire He's time. He's also terrible in the movies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's why I hated uh, a lot of Wolverine fans. Because when I was a kid, even when I, when I was younger, and I I, I liked Wolverine. Like, oh, he's cool. He's a claws. I always, maybe because I understand complex translations better than these fucking idiots. But uh, I was like, if you take away either one of them, they're like, the, the dynamic of the team completely changes. Like Sonic and Shadow. Yeah, like you need both of them. <laughs> they're the polar opposites. But Psychops is the order, orderly, com- commandering type. And Wolverine is the more rebellious, more... Uh, he's like the bad boy. The bad boy, exactly. They also yeah. both like to scream Gene. Yeah, they both <laughs> like to scream Gene. Gene! If you don't have both scream Gene, then how are you going to have X-Men? Yeah, and if it wasn't for <laughs> Spider-Man, Cyclops would be my favorite Marvel character. And I've always oh, really? really liked... Yeah, I really love Cyclops. I have always... I've always really liked his... Like, 
because he has this power that he can never control, he's always, like, very held back and, like, emotionally distant to everybody and, like, super insecure that he's gonna, like, fail and hurt somebody. And that's one of the reasons why he always falls in love with telepaths, because they're the only ones that can understand his emotions, because mm. he's so closed off. And I find the way he overcomes that to, like, lead the X-Men and, like, take over for Professor X as the leader of the team and, like, evolves to become, like, the face of mutants in-universe. Like, Wolverine's the face of mutants in real world, but in-universe it's Cyclops. And I always find that, like, really, really fascinating. Uh, so to bring up what Daryl um, mentioned, when Daryl mentioned uh, X-Men in the anime series, uh, that's kind of relevant because one of the defining things about Cyclops in the beginning was that in the first mission on the TAS... Cyclops leaves uh, Morph and Beast Morph. to yeah. die at, to save the rest of the team. And people say, that's, he's an asshole, fuck him. And that's kind of the debate the character has been pushed even further in recent years. Because what happened in recent years, X-Men and Mutants in general have been kind of been pushed to the brink of genocide. Not to the... They've been... They went from millions to under 200. Like, they were genocided. Wow, yeah. Yeesh. Yeah, but they, it wasn't all killed off. They were, a lot of them were depowered. They were... They lost... They were depowered. But a whole lot of them were killed off. Yeah, they were killed off once they were depowered. Like, people were like, now Mutants are powerless. We can kill them for free. So, uh, what happened was... Uh, Psyops basically became... As leader of the X-Men, he follows his responsibility to save as many people as he can. So, he kind of became the new Magneto... While Wolverine kind of became the new Professor X. Well, Professor X is like, we need to follow Professor X's mentality. And, and uh, Cyclops is like, no, we have to save as many people as possible. We, we, we can't play nice with humans all the time. We have to do the right thing. So basically, the team literally split in two. And Cyclops has a more radical team. And Wolverine uh, continued Professor X's legacy in school uh, even after Professor X died. Yeah, so some of the things that Cyclops did was like, he because mutants were just getting killed left and right, he established an, uh, their own like, island that basically acts as an independent country that all mutants, even, like, villains, are welcome at because he's like, we are gonna be extinct. Yeah. And he also, like, one of the big reasons why they split is because Cyclops felt like he had to train the, like, young kids that were mutants to, like, fight like he did when he was a kid, where Wolverine was like, no, they should be protected and kept sec separate in class. Like, they should just be... They should be students. They should be students, and Cyclops was like, no, they should be soldiers, because they are, you know, half a percent of the entire mutant race. Yeah, they're the last of their kind. Yeah, yeah. And, and so this event was... Uh, uh, it's interesting because there's a huge contrast between this event and the other event. The other event, uh, Death Wolverine, is hyped because it's Death Wolverine. This event was hyped in context of the Marvel Universe. And and I do really like that Cyclops always makes the point, like, I was, I've been fighting Sentinels since I was 15, and, like, nobody ever protected me. Like, we have to protect ourselves. And, yeah. like, that that was taken to its extreme in recent years where Cyclops is viewed as a terrorist. Yeah, but, so what happened in the recent uh, years was Marvel jumped ahead, uh, I forget how many months, like eight months ahead? Yeah, I think so. After a big event, and uh, one of the big gimmicks of this whole thing uh, was that everyone, a bunch of status quo changed, and with X-Men particularly, the question was, uh, how did we get to this new status quo? Because now Cyclops was gone, and everyone talked about him like he was dead, and everyone talked about him like he was the worst version of Hitler. Yeah, so, yeah they called him a terrorist, and I saw a screen cap of them comparing him to Hitler. Yeah, so yeah, so people were like, "Why? What did Cyclops do so bad? What? Why is he dead?" And all this other stuff. So they released this new book coming out, Death of X, and it's supposed to answer all the questions. And you know, they even kept it ambiguous. Like, is Cyclops really gonna die? Because it just says Death of X. Is that really Cyclops? Is Cyclops really die? Uh. Yeah, uh, meanwhile, Cyclops' costume is a big X. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I saw that and I was like, what the fuck is he wearing? He just <laughs> has a big X don't, on his face. We should, we should talk about that fucking shit because it's like, pissing me off. So when they made Psychops into uh, more more Morley Oh, this is all Bendis stuff, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Brian Bendis is writer of Civil War. This is more Civil of his War shit. Two. Oh, my God. Okay, so I, I was going to bring this up as soon as we started. This comic was, like, for me, a worse version of Civil War 2. The whole time, I'm like, this is Civil War again. And I, it's the fact that it's the same person makes well, me No, really... no, Bendis didn't write this. He's one. following up on the Civil War 2 status quo. Okay, all yeah, right, yeah, yeah. all right. B- Bendis is the one that made Scott like a uh, Scott Summers a Cyclops if you don't know made yeah. him like made him like the terrorist face okay got and it. gave him and gave him an X mask instead of having a visor you know the slit he has an X mask that shoots X's out which is really fucking dumb wait it shoots X's yeah all the all the all of these basically all the costumes for this run were all shitty okay all right punch dimension is canon to me because this is canon. <laughs> Okay, and also all of the costumes for this from this era were shit because they also gave Magneto a sleeveless shirt for some reason, which is really stupid. And they gave uh, Magic Emma Frost. They look like fucking fantasy characters. Okay, like, is it ha- just is it just the costumes? Because you know with this intro, the first page of this comic shows mutants, Cyclops, Emma Frost, Magic, Iceman, Stepford Cuckoos, Gold Balls. Like <laughs> Gold Balls is just a Bendis character. He I makes don't give giant shit. Gold Balls. It's stupid. It's it's all just so dumb looking and sounding and then in practice it's not like oh gold balls is actually a cool character or something no he's not he's bad gold balls is but here's the, here's the, here's the defense of this gold balls is probably stupid he's created to be a stupid character he's supposed to mm-hmm. they even make fun of him in the story gold balls is like i don't know if i'm comfortable and the other x-men are like, yeah you're not get the fuck out of your gold balls they make okay, fun of uh, him for the record bendis he in an interview when they were like hey uh, everyone says that Marvel's not allowed to make new X-Men characters in their comics because the movies, the stuff we talked about last uh, last episode, where it's like, oh, if we make new X-Men characters, they'll be in the movies. And Bendis was like, no, they let me create gold balls. Obviously, they let they let us make new X-Men characters. Like, but no. maybe Bendis created gold balls so Fox wouldn't want to use them. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, so you have a choice. You can use it. We can rip off our ideas and use gold balls yeah. or not. Fuck you, uh, Fox. Yeah, he's playing 40 chess. <laughs> so yeah, B- Bendis is also the one who brought up, who brought the team x-men that we talked about in the civil war 2 episode to hear and like <sighs> guys i can't talk about this my favorite era of x-men <laughs> I, th- I think it's my favorite era of x-men is right before bendis is it team x-men era ryan's era right here no it's like right before bendis takes over and bendis just fuck, he really ruined this franchise like, yeah really uh, badly yeah so the first time i read death of x i was coming from this is gonna fill in these gaps of why everyone hates cyclops and like Maybe this will be the send-off to the character or whatever. And I, like, look to this story for answers because I was reading the X-Men books at the time. And I, when I finished it, I really, really, really hated it. Now, when I reread it as just kind of a separate story after deciding that I'm going to drop all the X-Men books until they get better, I liked it a lot more. All right, so we'll discuss all our thoughts. Cause, yeah. Uh, so cause let's we can, we'll, we'll probably yell at it for five hours. If we talk about it now, we'll yell about it for five hours, and then you'll be like, oh, by the way, this is how it happens. Yeah, like, yeah no. I mean, we were yelling about it for two weeks, so, yeah. so it's yeah. like, I need a break. But anyway, Cyclops is a character that, like, I really love, but he it gets harder and harder to love him around this time. Yeah, so Emma Frost is another important X-Men character. She's Cyclops' girlfriend. If you watched X-Men First Class, she's the woman in white, Jessica Jones. In the comics, she's she, like... The Wolverine to Jean Grey's Cyclops. Like, she's, yeah, she, like, the bad version of Jean Grey. 
And by bad, I don't mean evil. I mean like I only remember her being a villain. She was in the Brotherhood. Yeah, she got re- before she got reformed. She's a very complex character because uh, she was a villain. She she's one of my favorite. Excellent she used characters. to fuck up. She used to use her telepathy to fuck up people and for to make her own ends to make money and stuff like that. Then uh, eventually, the X Men helped her. She became a teacher at the X Men school, and she became she's one that, like she's really interesting because she comes off as a bitch, but. Uh, deep down, she cares about all her students. So I think she's a. I I really like her and Cyclops' dynamic as both people that like people look at as total assholes, but inside are much much more nuanced. I yeah. mean, you, you can't think about what comes out of their mouth; it's what's in their heart. You know? You know, I was gonna say it's it, what comes. It's what comes out of their eyes. Punches. <laughs> <laughs> what, what comes out of the punch dimension? <laughs> yeah. So she also has uh, three triplet cyclics that Phil mentioned called the Step for Cuckoos. Yeah, it sounds dumb, but the run they came from, they were made to be like... They were, that's their nickname that people called them because they're so weird. They're basically like... Uh, if you watch like, the Children of like the Village of the Damned, like they're really three creepy uh, uh, girls who just talk in, like, together and finish each other's sentences. They're, they're like a hive mind. Yeah. yeah, no, they literally are. Yeah, so like, you know, like you, outside con- that context, you'd be like, this is a stupid name, Sephiroth Cuckoos. But that, that was like a, a nickname they made like people because they were so weird, like Sephiroth Cuckoos. And they kind of adopted it as their own. Our uh, uh, question, are we going to talk about the awesome Inhuman cast? Yeah, but first, no. let, me, let, me, let me just finish off <laughs> the X-Men. So the last one, the only worth mentioning because she does something important is she sends people to hell in the story, is Magic, who can send people to hell and she's Klaus's sister. And she, she can teleport between the uh, She sends yeah. people to hell because I read that she ruled hell for a time. Yeah, she, yeah. Did. she did. But we're not getting into that. That's very... Uh, <laughs> Magic's yeah. awesome. Anything with magic in oh, is great. Oh my god, <laughs> kill me now. So this is why this reminds me of Civil War because there's a constant barrage of bullshit comic stuff the, from the first page. Like, yeah. they just yeah. go ham with it. They're like, look at all these characters. They're doing all this crazy stuff. Uh, they're going to hell sometimes. They're ruling hell maybe. This guy's gold balls. And then... <laughs> and then I, oh, we should also clarify. Gold Ball shoots actual Gold Balls. His power is literal. Like, we don't need to clarify anything. He's in like the first issue, and that's it. I know, but we said so many times we were going to be curious. Like, what's Gold Balls? <laughs> no, he literally shoots Gold Balls out of his body. Uh, real quick, do you real guys quick. like the art? We didn't. Mention I do. Uh, yeah, it, yeah. It the, the there's moments where the art's really good. It's just it's one of those things where like it doesn't captivate you, kind of like McNiven's. Stuff. It looks more kind of house style to me. I think it's done really, really well for house style, but there's not many parts that I'm like, ooh, this is like, this stands out as exceptional. I actually disagree. I think Steve McNiffin's a bit more house style. This one, uh, the problem is that they have some fill-in artists at some points. It's very uh, detailed, and the, the figures are very, the human figures are very, like, they're not like edgy 90s style. They're not like, they're very... Unique. It's very unique to me. I think it's very more significant. It's more house style to me. Yeah. It's very much like we expect. Yeah, they are pretty me. unique. They're very like they, they kind of look soft. Yeah, soft. Is yeah, a good I think that's fair. Yeah, I'm not saying it's bad. It just to me, McNiven's art really stood out. This kind of just told the story. I think. Yeah, I was okay with it. I, I think Steve McNiven's art is better, but I do think uh, I, I do like this art too. Like, but it's, it's I think this thing. art is better than most of the art on all the other X books right now. So take that how you will. Yeah. So. <laughs> So the important, the only, uh, I'll mention, mention the point of humans first. Daryl can mention whatever ones he wants to point out, but the, the most important one is Crystal, who uh, controls elements, and uh, she's historically one of the few nice Inhumans. And uh, Inhumans is basically because Fox doesn't have the rights to X Men. Inhumans are basically started replacing the X Men in general. We talked about it a lot on our Civil War Two episode. Yeah. I recommend you listen to that first. Yeah, yeah, they're just mutants who, when the mist rolls into town, they people become cocoons and then become yeah. them. 
Yeah, so uh, Crystal became a more prominent character uh, even more after that because she's like with the face of the Inhumans because she's the only she's the one that's not a complete asshole. Uh, she actually had relationships because like, Inhumans in any story they've been like even before just all this shit happened from Marvel pushing Inhumans I've always hated Inhumans because they're always asshole. And they're always boring. Yeah, but not just that. Every other story of them is them waging war on Earth or on each other. It's them uh, thinking they're, they're always bitching about all oh, humanity. We have to leave humanity and live on the fucking moon because humanity hates us. But almost every other story they fucking they're just fucking assholes all the time <laughs> just one good example is in, uh, just two examples we're going to talk about two examples is in, in the 60s Silver Surfer was like the nicest fucking character uh, basically he was trapped on earth and he's just like why can't why is human marriage so savage why is so much, so much violence in this world like why can't we find peace like he's an ultimate hippie basically he basically flew into the Inhumans' territory by accident, and Inhumans, instead of just talking me out, to me, start being the shadow of him. They started fucking brutalizing him. Doesn't he say, like, wait, please, stop? He says, like, wait, please, stop. Not only that, he always just says, like, guys, like, I'm so surfer, I can explode you if I want to. The only reason you're not there right now is because I'm so fucking nice. That's what I was going to say, like, yeah. they can beat up Silver Surfer? They, they, they couldn't, <laughs> but, but Silver Surfer was just so nice to a point. And he was like, yeah, yeah, I'll be the Silver Surfer. Everyone's going to think we're a hot shit after we be the Silver Surfer. And Silver Surfer just literally just waves his hand and just fucking knocks them all back and flies away saying, those are the biggest fucking assholes ever. Like, <laughs> like I want to fucking kill them all now, but I, I like, I can't. Yeah. And so that's one story in the sixties. So you might say, so you might say, you might say, oh, sixties was just that's just like a, a sixties story. What about now? Recent story <laughs> of Daredevil. A recent story of Daredevil was um, Inhuman shows up in New York City and starts killing people. Daredevil's like, oh, I'm going to investigate. So I'm going to try to stop the Inhuman. Inhuman, the, the Inhuman royal family shows up and they're like, oh. You can't stop him, uh, Daredevil, because we have to stop him because good PR for inhuman style being inhumans. And they was like, "But uh, can I help you? Uh, can I do my own investigation?" And they're like, "If you try to stop this inhuman, Daredevil, we will literally be the shit out of you right now. <laughs> and we're inhumans; we can fucking murder you." So Daredevil's like, "Okay, okay, you can fucking have this. People will die, but whatever. Fuck you." And so yeah, so inhumans are assholes. Is that part of Charles Sewell's Daredevil? Yes. Oh, it, it sounds like they're very protective of their own people to the point where it's like, we want to deal with matters regarding our own yeah. people with our laws, not your laws, wherever they yeah. are. Yeah, but that, that makes them... Co- like, they can't be the persecuted minority then. Like, they're, they're, they assert their authority over us more than we do over them any point of history. Like, it's yeah. very... So you're saying authority figures shouldn't reflect the uh, communities they police, right, Sly? <laughs> are you trying to catch me in some kind of like, <laughs> uh, liberal, like... Um, uh, catch twenty two, Ryan. Yeah, that's that's what it is. Also, also, we should mention that Crystal is the sister to Medusa, who is the matriarch of the Indian. Yeah. She's so the the, the royal, the royal, the king and queen are Medusa, who has long hair that she can control, and Black Bolt, who if he, I he, thought, I thought he was a mutant. No, no he's an inhuman. What? He's always been an inhuman. Yeah. yeah. And Black Bolt's whole thing is if he says anything, everybody dies. If he whispers, it explodes. Yeah, he can never say anything because uh, his his whispers can blow up cities, and like it's always a big event whenever he speaks. Because like they had an event like when Doctor Doom became like a god level character, all Black Bolt did was yell at him, and Doctor Doom was owned. So like that's how powerful uh, Black Bolt is. Yeah. I like that he's like a reverse Cyclops, where instead yeah. of opening his eyes, he can't open. Oh, his or it's like a reverse Banshee. Yeah, not the reverse Banshee. <laughs> just an extra Banshee. Oh, extra Banshee. Yeah, <laughs> Banshee plus. Like Banshee can yell and be powerful, but he can't even speak without being powerful. So. Okay. <laughs> It's been 20 I'll start the story, please. Minutes. What happens in this book? Wait, first, I just want to read the uh, inhuman names of this issue. All right, we go have ahead. Crystal, Gorgon, Grid, Flint, Naja, Iso. <laughs> it's just, it's one of those things where it's like very clearly like 2000s names, like trying yeah. to name X Men, but like in a cool way for teens. Yeah. I mean, when it's across from gold balls, it's fine. <laughs> just just some backstory. We should talk about uh, the origins of the uh, inhuman royal family. I, I just want to do this so we can. 
go ahead, the rest of the story faster. Fuck you guys. All right, let's go. So now, now we don't know how to explain the deuce. We have to explain Black Bolt, whatever. So now, uh, the story opens up. Inhumans are spreading the Terrigen Mist. As we mentioned, the spe- Inhumans spread the Terrigen Mist throughout the Earth and create more Inhumans. Inhumans show up in cocoons and get born out of I didn't cocoons. realize that they created that, or they spread that. Yeah. It existed beforehand, and now they have control of it. They spread it Those out Those were some of the things I wanted to know, because the Terrigen Mist is a central like agent to this story i yeah. want to know could you make more of them because if you could what is the problem here i think i think it's an actual thing that exists in the world and they basically contained a bunch of it and now they're spreading it uh, purposefully <laughs> and so uh they're spreading it making making cocoons and while they're doing that uh hydra attacks uh cocoons that are being born in japan a new inhuman for blue of mohawk shows up while the humans are fighting these uh, Hydra agents, and he have, and this new human, uh, inhuman who becomes called Downer, he makes all the Hydra agents become hypnotized, and that's yeah, basically power. like makes people unconscious with his yeah. blue tentacles. Yeah, he makes tentacles come out and they wrap around you and you fall asleep. And meanwhile, while this is happening, the X Men arrive on Muir Island, which is like uh, their science lab uh, island place, and they the Terrigen spread there. And it turns out they killed all the almost all the mutants there. Okay, I'm not gonna go into detail because we've already spent a lot of time. But we complained last episode about Cyber being yeah. just fucking found dead. This is Jamie Madrix, who is one of the most beloved X-Men characters and had... The Mobile Man. Yeah, Multiple Man. Yes. He had this noir book called X-Factor that was... It went for years and years and years, and it is one of the most beloved Marvel books ever written. And not only that, he had he was one of the few characters that was like had a happy ending. Like his, He had a big round for years, he resolved... And like, kind of, like, retired, and now he's here dead. Yeah, they just show up and kill him. And I mean, like, it's... The run is, like, t- over 20 trades. That's how long X-Factor is. And, it, like, it is that same thread in Comrade Radio. We were talking about how great X-Factor is in three separate topics. Yeah. So, like, it's so good. And they're like, nah, nah, nah he's dead now. It's fine. Yeah. It's the worst. So, yeah, uh, well, Multiple Man just died off screen. One of, the, one of the most beloved... No, he dies in... Cyclops' arms, he's like the Terrigen Mist killed One him. of them does, but technically he died off screen like a million times because yeah, he's mobile. That's one of them does. <laughs> yeah, Mobile Man makes copies of himself, and that's why he'll probably come back eventually because he died in the, in the 90s too. But all, all they have to do is say, they're just a copy. I'm, I'm the real Mobile Man. But yeah. he does, no, he explicitly says, I'm the original. But any any, any copy can say that. They, <laughs> they always say that. They, they're always like, but anyway, oh. it's just, it's annoying. Yeah. But yeah, so he's dead, and um, so since, while they're investigating this, Scott passes out. Uh, while calling Beast about all this. Oh my god, the, the Mist kills Mutants, uh, Hank. But then he passes out while saying that. Passes out yeah. with blood coming out of his nose. It's yeah. Like, he's like, sick. Yeah. So after coming to, he convenes with the, with the rest of the X-Men that came with him to Island and tells them that he's concerned. Uh, as far as he's concerned, uh, it's the Inhumans that killed the Mutants. Like, now he's blaming this on the Inhumans. Like, fuck them, basically. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, uh, the Inhumans are just fighting Hydra agents this whole time. I, like, I, I explained that already, but Phil, fucking pay attention. I, uh, okay, well, you said they started fighting them, but... No, I said, I said, I said the guy made him fall asleep. Like, I did out of order just so oh, we yeah, go, right. do it fast. These, these stories happen in tandem. It switches yeah, back yeah. and forth between them until it culminates in the last page, where yeah. it's both, like, Scott and Crystal uh, saying, we protect our own. Yeah. So it's showing you that they're going to be opposed to each other because they're looking out for the safety of their own people. Yeah, so issue two, Daryl. All right, so issue two is... Uh, it opens. <laughs> so, so Storm confronts Medusa about the mists. Storm is on Team Wolverine. She's yeah. not on Cyclops's team here. Yeah. Oh, Team Wolverine yeah, of Team right. Mutant. Yeah. yeah. No, she's she's like the the yeah. on the Professor X side, not the Magneto side. Yeah. What does she say? 
She basically wants to be dramatic and say, like, we, we should work together to solve this issue. But she was warning that everyone's suspicious. Like, even she says, even I was suspicious. I can't imagine what basically what Cyclops is thinking right now. Yeah, like, these mists could have been made to kill mutants. Especially when you get genocided. I guess you have a lot of uh, anxiety about being genocided even again. If yeah. Even if they weren't made to kill mutants, it shouldn't fucking matter. They're killing mutants. You should stop yeah. them. No, but there's a difference between, like, oops, there's an accident. But we genocided your race on purpose. Fuck you. Yeah, like, I know there's a difference, but, like... But, the, but that's what Storm is here to discuss. Like, if, if it's humans are doing it purposefully, fuck you. But she wants to see it if it was that. Because if, if it's not, they can work together. Like, she's trying to be Professor X. Let's work together uh, mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. She, in this story, she plays kind of like the middle ground of trying to make peace between both yeah. in humans and mutants. Yeah. She's a centrist fucking <laughs> Yeah, she is a centrist in this. Yeah. So what, so what happens after Storm leaves? Uh, the... uh, Medusa starts talking to Black Bolt, and she's saying, like, they have to start planning about what they're gonna do if, like, the mutants take the first step to attack them or anything, because, again, they have to protect their kingdom. And then, suddenly, Scott, using Emma Frost, he's mentally projecting himself to everyone in the world, and he starts claiming that the the Inhumans lied about the gas being benign that's going around, and that, um... He's saying it kills mutants, it could even kill humans, you don't know, and they pumped it into the very air we breathe. And if I was caring about whether or not it hurts other races. Which, for the record, is what happened. Yeah, so that he's literally like about that. <laughs> yep. And so he projects that message out to everyone, and then there's, like, this starts riots in different cities, because people are all freaking out about the Terrigen Mist. Yeah. And then Crystal Enter, the Inhuman team, go, and they're trying to... Uh, calm a city down and also pull like hold back the Terrigen Mist that's supposed to be going to the next city. And uh, Storm shows up and she tornadoes the the mist away for now. She's up with her team, by the way. And but what happens is uh, everyone in town starts freaking out. So Downer makes everyone fall asleep, including Storm's team, who came to help. Yeah, because he, since he can't control his power, since he's a newly born inhuman, he needs to just knock every non-inhuman out. That's the only way to calm everybody down. Yeah. And then, meanwhile, Emma is talking to Magneto, who's just floating around with his metal balls. With his gold balls. No, silver yeah. balls. <laughs> I love I love the fact that they, like, they psychically zoom in on this picture of all of Storm's team on the ground as if it's like it's like one of those shows it's like look they've killed them all even though they put them to sleep no because Emma not that oh they killed him Emma's t- showing this to Magneto basically saying like look how easily uh, Inhumans dispatched these X-Men yeah that they're yeah, dangerous but, but they they weren't fighting though no but that's the thing like if they were if push comes to shove the X-Men can't clearly the X-Men can't fight the Inhumans because Inhumans are way more powerful that's what she's saying she's not saying they kill these people. She's saying, "Look what they did! Trying to uh, how easily just knock us unconscious. Like if there's an actual fight for our lives, they could just take us out that easily. Like put you sleep and kill you. What are we? What's X Men gonna do? Okay, I see. Yeah, yeah, that's what she's saying. And that's why we need Magneto's help because Magneto is one of the more powerful mutants. Also, I hate Magneto's sleepless design. Yeah, yeah it's, it's terrible. Bad. It's fucking. It just terrible. it doesn't seem to make sense with it. It's like Professor X going out in like a wife beater or something. Yeah. It's like <laughs> it just isn't what I picture you as. All yeah. the designs from this terrible uh, from this era are terrible. It's not just yeah. the sleeve sleevelessness too. It's that he wears like gauntlets after his yeah. bare the, arms. The Emma it's Frost like... and Magic designs make them look exactly the same, except Magic has bangs and Emma Frost doesn't. Yeah. And like it's all the designs from this era are just terrible. Malcolm actually uh, said like the guy who drew designs, Chris Bosch, was one of the least favorite artists, and. This is a case against Chris Bachelor because he made designs super anime-esque. I don't know why. Like, they don't fit into the real world of the X-Men. 
It's weird. Just trying to get a new new group of people in. But yes. like they look, but it works like in, in like a stylized art style. But then when you have them sitting next to other people with better that's, costumes, that's what makes it look weird. Is that yeah. like like Storm's costume looks fantastic? Yeah. yeah. If if it was just all people like that, it would be okay. But the fact that they 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 just stand out in the in this type of world. It's, it's like it's like the difference like if you had uh people in spandex in like a in the sixties comic versus people in spandex in like. Uh, X-Men 2 uh, or something like that wherever else is wearing black leather yeah exactly it's way stupid it's actually exactly like that because they're wearing black leather and the all, the other costumes are spandex <laughs> yeah so are we up to issue 3 now yes yeah okay so our, our roster of mutants has grown yeah. most, of them don't, most of them don't do anything so it's not really worth the yeah small. but at, at the bottom right <laughs> did you want to do it Ryan <laughs> No, you go say, for it. Though. Oh, at the bottom right of the mutant roster, I want to point out there's a picture of Sunfire that's taken from a later page, but because the image of him is so small, it it's blown up and he looks so derpy and doofy. And like if you asked a kindergartner to draw him, or maybe a third grader to draw him, that this is what will come out as. And this is baffling to me because like Marvel treats their brands like this is a big event this is about the death of cyclops this is how all this stuff happened and having this within the second page like i i don't know how this passed how anyone okayed this and if sunfire isn't important enough to have like his own panel in this issue he shouldn't show up in his fucking recap page like what are you doing see i read this in trade so i don't have this page really you're missing out ryan this is the best part It's a lot of cool characters like Rockslide, who looks like the. Hey, Rockslide's but... awesome. Rockslide's <laughs> the best character. If you if you talk about talk about Rockslide, we're gonna do Rock. We're gonna do Rockslide next next fucking I was gonna story. Say, like <laughs> Phil accidentally stumbled on another swamp thing. <laughs> you you Rockslide onto another Rockslide. Okay, so like... anyway, anyway, in issue three, they recruit uh, Team Cyclops recruits Alchemy, a super obscure old X Factor character from the eighties. Yeah. Where he he does he's Alchemy. He could change chemical compositions of things, but he just looks like a kid with glasses. Yeah, he's he's not a hero. He was never a hero. He was just like a, a fucking door it looks like harry potter kind of yeah so uh meanwhile while they're doing that storm's team wakes up and even like super milk toast moderate centrist storm <laughs> is pissed about being put to sleep yeah so this is sort of her instance like this is like the trump being elected uh and you know the, the instigator to make her become a radical like, <laughs> yeah and uh downer decides oh we'll just fix this by putting them back to sleep yeah well because they're all like fuck you you pieces of shit shouldn't have done this to us uh, you want me to use my powers on you without you asking yeah, you piece th- of shit? this is I, I like said just like in civil war 2 the one of the big things with like central to marvel conflicts getting escalated is that the stupidest characters start fighting each other where they're like hey why'd you put me to sleep and then like iceman flicks ice at someone and then someone like breaks the ground back at iceman and then it starts looking violent also there's a sentinel on the x-men i don't know where that particular one showed up but there was like different era- there's like there was like sentinels that are reprogrammed to be good guys at one point and there were sentinels that were mechs like they're actually like uh, Gundams, like you ride, ride pilot them, so it could be either oh, one of those. I don't know which one okay. this is, but it could be either one of those. Because I was so surprised they're having the standoff between the Inhumans, and then there's just a Sentinel on the back. Because because they had well, because the X Men are so in- endangered, the government actually had Sentinels uh, watch over the the quote unquote protect the mutants with Sentinels, and the X Men like you're not having fucking robots that usually kill us protecting us. So they're like, okay, we'll have mechs with humans in them <laughs> that that are probably full of racist humans. I want to kill you anyway. Yeah, I was yeah. gonna say that seems more suspect. Yeah. So Downer puts everybody to sleep, and Magic just teleports in and puts Downer in hell. 
as just like fuck you. <laughs> Literally, you're she's like, see you in hell. Yeah. This then... is actually something Magic does a lot, where like she just shows up and she's just she just takes out their most powerful piece and just is like you're in hell now. And it's a pretty good tactical move. Like, yeah. It makes sense. I mean, it's a good it's a good thing for the writer. <laughs> yeah. And then Magneto shows up, and if you saw X-Men Apocalypse, he does the same thing he does there, where he slams steel girders into the ground and makes, like, a cage for the Inhumans. Yeah. And while they're trapped, Cyclops talks to Alchemist and convinces him to transmute the Terrigen Mist Cloud. But he has and to touch it in order to transmute it, so he has to go into the cloud, which kills mutants. Yeah, and I actually think that oh I like Oh my god, there's scene. a better picture of Sunfire on this page than the <laughs> other one! How did they choose the worst picture? I don't know. Wait, which page? The page right before right. the end. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So, uh, at Cyclops <laughs> gives Alchemy a pep talk that I actually like this scene a lot, even though it's only like two pages. It's very, like, why Cyclops is great to me. Like, he basically says, like, you know, you can save us, you can do what needs to be done, like, you can be an X-Man, like, you'll be the best of us if you could do this. And he, Alchemy's convinced. And yep. that's that's the whole issue. Okay, we're, we're, we're putting this picture up on the Facebook. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I can't stop laughing, it's like, it's like who, who do you want to be when you grow up? And it's like, Sunfire. <laughs> <laughs> next to like next to like super detailed Wolfsbane and it's stuff just like, that. like the saddest thing is we read a really good <laughs> Sunfire comic at like at the beginning of our run and this is how they're treating him <laughs> yeah but I, I was right. uh, thinking that this is a really like cool way to because Cyclops is so like pro X-Man I like that he frames it in the the mindset of like do you want to be an X-Man now yeah, yeah. like I mean this is done. This is, like, just a, a small clip from the speech. He goes, years ago, the X-Men saved you, saved your mother. You don't owe us anything for that. It's just what we do. You, we want to keep doing that for everyone. But let me be clear. If you help us here today, we live. If not, we die. You can save us, Alchemy. You can do what we do. You can be an X-Man. And, like, I think that's great. I was imagining he was doing an Obama impression while saying that. I, as soon as I said, let me be clear, I was like, here comes Sly's Obama. <laughs> you could be an X-Man, or you could be a bad guy. Or you can be, uh, dead. Yeah. yeah. And then Alchemy says, of all the transparent ploys, you think I don't know what you're doing? And Cyclops says, I want to be transparent. This isn't some kind of trick. I want you to understand, and I want you to make your choice of your own free will. But I need you to do that now. What do you say? X-Man? I say X-Man. Good. Let's get to work. Yeah. Like, that's great. Yeah. I think that that's a good scene. And it's like, it's, that's why I love Cyclops. Cause like, he's basically saying like, everything sucks, but like, we can be better if we work together. And I especially like that. Like, I didn't think about Cyclops a lot in this way before when I was younger, but it's the fact that he is sticking up for his people that makes him interesting because before like you could have captain america give that kind of thing it's like be a good person but cyclops is framing it in the realm of being an x-man yeah yeah which is cool it's like it gives you kind of like pride in being a mutant instead of just and like how, who else could shoot x's out of their eyes too <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just when I saw that scene, I'm not like I'm not trying to be a downer. I I'm not trying to be downer, downer. to be inhuman. I just I, I'll send you to hell if you're downer. Phil, for making that joke, you have to fucking read the next issue. Okay. Shit. <laughs> uh, so we have the setup for the final encounter, which is them versus gas. Yeah. Uh, again, not I was not really into this. Well, I see. Okay. Really? I want to defend this real quick. The reason yeah. why I like this so much is because the conflict is them versus nature. No, but there's two things of gas, and they're just like, we'll stop this one. No, I know, but, like, they plan to also stop the second one. But think about, like, think about if you had 
two nukes heading t- for your country and you could stop one, would you just like be like, oh, I can't stop both, so I'm not going to stop and, one? And at the end, they say, like, uh, our mission isn't over. They have to stop the next one. And that's why the humans are now at war with them because, well, we'll get into it. And, like, they're okay. literally fighting a force of nature. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, basically, they need to drop alchemy into this to stop the gas, to transmute the gas to something else. Um, Crystal, the inhuman team in Madrid, where the original uh, encounter with Storm took place, um, is basically saying we need to go stop them from doing this, and Magneto is putting those steel girders everywhere, like we said before. And then um, the we go back to the gas scene where Sunfire is flying with Alchemy to drop him into the... or, or to go into the gas with him. And then we see the royals show up, the inhuman royals. Yeah. So that's Medusa, Black Bolt. Using their teleporting dog. Yeah, some big dog. Lockjaw. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> a guy, an old guy who has a gun. I don't know what his powers are. <laughs> He's just in a suit and has a gun. And then it's like, excellent shot, Inferno. You're you're so much better than Sunfire because you're an inhuman and we can use you in movies now. <laughs> she doesn't say that. I know, but it's just like, he's like, what does he do different than Sunfire? Yeah, he's a fire guy. He's shitty Sunfire. He's just a fight, shoot fire, whatever. Fuck this. And then (laughs) um, they're like, we're going to have to fight them, I guess, for this final encounter. So wait, when Inferno knocks Sunfire down, there's another panel of him on all fours with his mouth huge open, (laughs) and he looks like... He looks like a dog panting. (laughs) I feel so bad for Sunfire. He doesn't say anything. He doesn't... (laughs) He's just like Jesus. What well, he says when he gets hit. He does carry the hero to save the day. So he's a, he's a glorified escort. That's true. I just <laughs> yeah. I wish he. I don't know. I have a soft spot for him. I just wish he did a little more than asking how high should they fly up. Well, as you can see with what happened, multiple man. Uh, a lot of times, X Men has so many good characters that they don't really like handling very properly. You know, what? that's a good yeah. point. Yeah. Yeah. So then uh, Cyclops is like, um, I'm going to go talk to Alchemy because he broke his arm from the fall, which is amazing that he only broke his arm from that height. Yeah. But um, then he's the rest of the X-Men are yeah, going to go. But he landed on hard rocks. Yeah, that's true. The, the rocks broke his fall. Yeah. Uh, so they're going to go hold off the Inhumans and Cyclops is like, you're a soldier now. Um, I know it hurts, but like I've been dealing with this pain my whole life and I'm not a pussy, so you should also not be one. No, he's he like, said, I think he says it in a in a nicer tone than that he does he says even this much pain you can set it aside trust me i've been doing it all my life he says you need to work through it this is bigger than pain this is bigger than you yeah yeah uh it's a little condescending to be like uh you can do it because i've been doing it but no but uh, he's saying that like this is just pain like he's saying when his previous speech was you're not alone and neither are we i think that that works yeah i i I agree actually the cyclops scenes uh where he's giving speeches are the best parts for me um so sunfire again is flying with this guy now um, and there's a standoff between the mutants and the Inhumans, and the Cuckoos uh, make like, and they make it look like Magic is attacking Black Bolt, their king, and then everyone goes to shoot at like Magic, but because the Cuckoos made an illusion, they're all actually shooting. I gotta say, Cuckoos instead of Cuckoos. Yeah, he has cooking on the mind. Yeah. So anyway, they shoot Black Bolt or something, so they're they're stunned for the moment. Um, and then you see a, a, a page of alchemy being dropped into the Terrigen Mist cloud. And as he falls through it, it starts changing from its weird green into this dark red. Um, ah. And then Sunflyer, Sunfire flies around the other side and catches him. 
Um, and the kid, like, sheepishly says, like, I did it. I changed the whole cloud. Didn't let it touch me once. But uh, yeah. he's covered with uh, sores over his body. He, it's, he's dying. Yeah, he yeah. looks pretty he, gross. He be, yeah, he immediately starts, like, melting. Um, and Cyclops is like, you'll be all right. You're a good soldier. You're a good soldier. And then he dies. He says, I'm I'm not a soul. And he dies. Yeah, and I like I, that a lot. That's why uh, my favorite. Probably the saddest part of this whole comic was because uh, Alchemy was just, like, a kid who had powers and like he, Cyclops was forced to recruit him to this war, and he basically uh, probably Cyclops knew deep down that he was killing him. And this is like what the sacrifices aspect of the character. And the last, his last words were, "I'm not a soldier." Yeah, so like Alchemy never asked for his like, and like Cyclops basically used him just to save everyone else. And like it's that's not a good feeling to do that. Also, the previous page does make it. it uh make the X Men look a little more suspect because the Red Cloud is like clearly blood. That he transmuted it to, and Emma Frost is looking up at it, like grinning, saying, "Have you ever seen anything so is lovely?" Is it blood? I didn't think it was blood. I didn't think it's it was blood. blood it starts raining blood. No, I, I can. No, I can it just rain. It, it just rains, but I can see where Daryl is going. It's, it, it could be viewed as a red herring, where because what happens a is a red herring. Yeah. <laughs> so what happens is uh, when Cyclops confronts Black Bolt and uh, Medusa, and he says, like. It's, it's harmless. We could have made it to kill you guys, but we just wanted to make it harmless because we don't like, we're not like you. We don't get. We actually care about other people. So like, there's a it could have been the red herring where it seems like the X Men are doing are transmuting it to be something harmful, but it's not. Okay. Yeah, it is the the water that comes out of it is red, but I didn't think yeah. it was. Yeah, maybe blood. it's not blood. I don't know. It's red. I just associate. I, n- I never transmuted Terra Mist. So I don't know what an Earth Terra Mist looks like. Maybe it looks like blood, <laughs> blood, blood cloud. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. So they they confront. Um, Cyclops confronts the Inhuman Royals and says basically like, uh, "We're you poisoned us and we changed it into something non-harmful." Um, and he basically starts saying like, uh, it, "This is a weird scene to me because he's like, uh, the Medusa's like, why you made enemies of us forever?" And he's like, "We already were ever since you poisoned the planet." And then he's like, and then she's like, "We didn't poison the planet." And he's like, "Well, you have a story. I have a story. It doesn't matter which one's true." Uh, it kind of does. Imagine which one's believed. But that is kind of true because Trump's president. It is matter. Okay, <laughs> but... So, are you saying Cyclops is Trump in this story? <laughs> no, I do think that this is a really weird line because, like, it... He's right. Like, it's... It kills mutants. Yeah. Yeah, it does matter which is true. Him explaining is weird because he's in the right that they were careless and they, they kill mutants. But, like, he's framing it like, uh, like uh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It matters the propaganda I sent out to everyone with, with my telepathic message to Emma. Yeah. I think it's it's the only thing in his argument that doesn't make sense in this book yeah and then he starts saying i'm not a person anymore i'm a teach i used to be a teacher student warrior blah blah blah. but uh, i'm not even a person anymore i'm an idea uh and ideas never die and then he goes to start shooting something at uh his optic blast his x-shaped optic blast optic blast come on medusa tells black bolt yes and black bolt i guess goes hey and then cyclops gets (laughs) eradicated Uh, he does have his mouth pursed in an o (laughs) Uh, yeah so we see uh emma the scene before this actually started to bleed out of her nose while cyclops is confronting them and then as he gets blown away she's bleeding more she's very sure dawn right now yeah in in enemy terms (laughs) yeah she's a baka hentai yeah and then we see a week later scott summer cyclops uh, uh on a tombstone and um, we basically find out that, um, you know, something's wrong here. Uh, Cyclops' brother, Havoc, says, like, something's weird because, like, why would Cyclops suicide himself against Black Bolt? Um, they basically frame it like he 
he by by starting to use his optic blast, he knew he was gonna die. Yeah, and um, like and he says like Psychops will never give up rather he rather keep fighting than give up in a way like that. Like he would not make himself a martyr if, if there's a chance to keep fighting himself. Yeah, and um, turns out this whole time at the very beginning of the story, Psychops actually died when they first went to Muir Island. That when the, when they first found those mists, uh, he actually died there. And in everything else in this story, Emma was just pretending to be Cyclops. Yeah, she's saying it's psychic projection. And she only tells us to have it because she feels like he deserves to know. And here's why I... Uh, well, I, for, I can... first off, before you get to the analysis, she does yeah. say he's still alive. He's just not some person anymore. I made him an idea. It was my gift to the man I loved. Mm-hmm. That, like, I made him an idea and ideas never die. So he's the mutant martyr now. And he didn't just die in some big superhero event. She does look a little yeah. crazy as she says this. She does look really crazy. Oh, and also Downer is in hell. Oh, yeah, Downer's in hell. Magic shows up and it's like, hey, how's hell going? And, and Downer like, says, like, I don't like being a human anymore. And, and Magic's like, I don't blame you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, the reason why I, I kind of defend the story is I kind of, because, like, go, uh, going into the story, the way he does does fake death I uh, was what I expected. I kind of liked the idea that. Uh, Cyclops is a uh, guy who fought his whole life. He just dies of, of a disease like immediately, and uh, he just dies in uh, Emma's arms, not accomplishing anything. And uh, just he, all he does is say, tell to Emma like, "Oh, you, you can't end like this. Like, don't let it end, Emma. Like, all, all he can do is just beg his beg his wife to carry on his legacy." And uh, she feels like it's unjust, and she tries to make him into a bigger symbol. I I like the idea. That I also think that because he's always been like this broken guy that fought so hard to be better, having him die, like you said, in like some shitty circumstance, like almost alone on the floor, and then have mutants turn him into an icon, like I just think that that re- is it reflective of his personality too. Yeah. Okay, I just see. I, I saw it afterwards where, like, throughout this comic, when I thought Cyclops was being an asshole and being way too confrontational immediately, like, I'm like, well, they're it's just They're genociding doing that. his people, like, with this cloud. Imagine if there was only 200 people, like, of your race. And he knows some of these people. Like, imagine, like, a, I cl- know, a, cl- but... a cloud killed me, <laughs> me Ryan, and Daryl. Wouldn't that be alone to set you off against anyone? Not only that. that. If you were, if your species was about to go extinct, if you're Phil, but, if, if we were all Phils, and uh, for the three of us were dead, and you're the only, Phil, uh, it's hard to imagine this weird scenario. But I, I do understand what, the point you're making. But instead of being like, oh my god, we need to talk and say like, what can we do to stop this? He's just like, kill the inhumans. Yeah, but I think I also think framing as Emma, who was more always been more of a more extreme. Uh, she was a villain at one point. It makes more sense that she. Would... Yeah, it did make more sense, but I'm like, you're just being an asshole as Cyclops now. That's for part of record, what I liked though, about Cyclops. Has for I know this is not indicative of this story but the x-men have gone to the marvel universe many times in the last decade and been like hey could you maybe help us not get genocided and they're like nah fuck you yeah it's so part like, of what i tr- so, 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 let's speak ryan Keep okay. hold on i just want to say this one small yeah, thing yeah no, one more thing you just said three things in a row and I, now <laughs> I'm sorry i'm sorry but it's kind of i feel like you're making the argument and this might be super dramatic and political but like they've <laughs> oh, been no. peace they've been peacefully protesting for a decade and nothing happened and now he's more aggressive and violent about it like they didn't kill anyone first of all like they're just like well uh, we, we want to be, we, we blamed inhumans like we're we're being outspoken that inhumans were careless like yeah like they fight the inhumans but they never kill any inhumans or anything like that yeah so what were you going to say Daryl? oh i was going to say what i kind of liked about the story is 
it's hard because I don't know the history behind like what Cyclops did before all this stuff, so I don't know how accurate it is to his character. But I like that Emma kind of villainized him in a way because of the fact that she was so like upset or grief-stricken with his death that she wanted to get back at the Inhumans any way she could. So she went above and beyond, and she like she did the telekinetic message to everybody on Earth to be like, hey, Terrigen clouds are killing people. Like, we need to do something about this. And she was trying to paint a target on the Inhumans because this affected her in, like, a profound way. It affected her very personally, where she needed to do everything in her power to both, like, ensure that Scott's message carried on and also get revenge on his behalf. The right. thing that I think supports that is when she says the mist might even kill humans, we don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that that definitely supports that case. And that's something where you can be like, well, Scott was going too far, but it's, it's also, it, now that we know, it's like, it was Emma doing that. I'd like, yeah. I, 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 I kind of like that twist, even though it's kind of dumb and comic booky being like, he was a projection of his wife the whole time. But it's, it's, I like parts of it. They do. They do keep it consistent. Uh, like maybe, uh, like because uh, like no one ever sees Cyclops except when he's with, when he's with Emma, and except for Cuckoo's back Emma up, and they and they, they there's a scene uh, uh, where they actually are like, did you see that for a second? And Emma says like, we'll talk about it later. Like they they pretty clear except for Cuckoo's figure out uh, pretty soon, and yeah. they back uh, Emma up. And it's also I think on the reread I liked it a lot more because all the scenes with Emma where because there's a couple scenes where we think it's Emma talking to Scott. But on the reread, it's a lot of her... It's much more self-doubty. Yeah. Yeah, it's and, just her talking to herself, using Scott. And it's her talking to herself, like, what do we do? Or, like, should we have done that? Where it... On the first read, it just seems like Emma as just... She's, like, the audience surrogate into Scott's thought process. But on the, I liked it a lot more on the reread. Yeah. I actually think this book's pretty I, cool. I actually... I don't like it logically, because I feel like there has to be someone out of the, all their teams that would know like hey something's up like something's a little weird about this I mean doesn't this take place over like a day there's only, there's only like uh, uh, like six X-Men on Cyclops' team first of all so only six people have access to him yeah but does anyone do the, any of the Inhumans or the people on the X-Men team like have any kind of like supersonic hearing or X-ray vision or any heightened senses that could see through like telekinetic Emma is a really powerful psychic so. I mean she talked to everyone on Earth at once yeah like she's that's like true. Professor X <laughs> that's so crazy to me like no Cerebro she's just like I got this I can talk to yeah. every human yeah. Yeah. She's, kind of, she's kind of like the replacement for Professor X as the world's most powerful psychic I, I think the, the reason I was so like I had such a bad taste in my mouth from the story was just like it reminded me so much of Civil War where they I think they it felt to me like they were like we want to have heroes fight each other from different sides and we just have to have a story about that and we'll kill Cyclops. I felt this it. had more of a resolution and point than Civil War. Yeah, it actually, actually ended without like just bullshit Day 6 Machina and like uh, like there's actually a resolution that comes to a climax at the end of the Terrigen Mist. They fight over the Terrigen Mist and they, they resolve it and uh, step in, like they step on the status quo but Cyclops' story is done. Like, he's well, they, they do demonize the mutants further after this, right? Like yeah, now the mutants feel like their problem like i just remembered the the comparison to hitler was the young cyclops that uh, time ported to this present yeah. feels like he's growing up to be an evil person because yeah and people talking to that cyclops say we should kill him because it's like basically killing baby hitler so if jeb was in marvel <laughs> universe he would kill young cyclops immediately <laughs> I, I also I, I do give this book some credit because even though it is nowhere near as new reader friendly as i think death of wolverine is they do leave out a lot of the extra dumb stuff like, there's still the Inhumans and the Terrigen Mist stuff, but that's kind of baked into the premise. 
you do like they leave out the only time like the past x-men are in it's just like in passing or splash pages. yeah yeah that's true that's what Civil War was so memorable for me. Because you can have, like, weird shit. Like, as a writer, you can't help something in the Marvel Universe so weird. Because all these different writers are working together. Some people have bad ideas. Some people have good ideas. But if you're writing an event, you don't have to reference every dumb idea that's, that's being present in your story. Yeah. I, I feel like this was a bit more reader-friendly than the Wolverine one. Because there wasn't really? any... There wasn't any scenes where they're like... And this per Other than, like... I'm talking to Magneto, but everyone knows who Magneto is. Oh, I guess, I guess, like, yeah. There, there aren't any scenes where it's like, we expect you to know or to, like, connect with this, other than maybe Black Bolt, knowing that whenever he speaks, everything blows up. Yeah, the, the, they do have a few characters that you don't know, but, like, as soon as, most of them are not major players. Like, they're just background characters. Even, like, at the end, when Havoc shows up, he says, like, Scott was my brother, and that's all you need to know to follow that Yeah, scene. it's immediate connection. Like, Phil's probably right overall that this is, like, Devil Wolverine's a better story. Maybe I'm dumb and this is a shit story. <laughs> but, but, he, but here's my defense. <laughs> that's of, definite. <laughs> here's my defense of it. Uh, uh, X-Men stories are a lot, are, are, this is more of an X-Men story, which is why I like him more. Devil Wolverine uh, probably works better because it feels like more of a suffocating story to tell a Devil Wolverine. I like this because you read this to see the X-Men story continue, and it and it does that. It shows uh, uh, how Cyclops dies. It shows how the X Men and uh, Inhumans yeah. were escalated. Yeah. And here and here's the thing about X Men in general. X Men is a really hard book to get into because there's so many characters. There's so much history behind it. Some of it is dumb. Some of it is, some of it, it, it seems dumb at first. It, there's layers to it. But X Men is rewarding because if you if you if you get into the lore and you follow the story, it rewards you because you know these characters and you care about them and uh, it ma- it makes you more invested in following. Uh, the events as they happen. Devil Wolverine feels like more like it's for the new readers, so I think it's better for new readers. If you're a new reader, read Devil Wolverine. But like, if you want to get into, this is not a good story to start with X Men. Don't start with Devil Wolverine. <laughs> yeah, so like, if you're gonna suggest new reader stuff for X Men, it's not this. Yeah, but but if you are interested in uh, following the new continuity, uh, it, it you you do start appreciating stories more like this more than as a new reader yeah. there's always characters that are all fighting and all mad at each other and stuff I like that. do also think that Death of X is more consistent I think Death of Wolverine is kind of crappy until issue 4 which is fantastic and I think Death of X is pretty consistent the whole way through by crappy I mean like not crappy I'll but say like, meh I'll say meh, meh. yeah I but think... do you really do you really think that I, I, I I'm just this book had so many action scenes that were just like we want to have the X Men and Inhumans fight, and that's it. Uh, definitely, there's definitely a lot of yeah. this is more this is more comics. Like the, the Hydra stuff <laughs> in the beginning was pointless. Yeah. Every issue in Death of Wolverine has an action scene that's like he kills all these supervillains. But that's because you you like watching Wolverine fight dudes, and it's also because they are his like he's like going through the roster of his most important rivals one by one. Yeah. And they they get like a pretty intense amount of time spent on these fights. Whereas this is like, wouldn't it be crazy if this person used their powers on these people and then Hydra shows up and then... Here's a counterpoint. Uh, X-Men Days of Future Past, the movie... Mm-hmm. Uh, all the act- most of the movie is not in action only the future scenes are action and they're all uh, the characters you care about some of them because you know from other movies except for Sunspot fuck Sunspot yeah but like <laughs> but generally oh, they're not the characters of development so you, you really dissect that movie into the character driven past and the action heavy future is that a bad movie? Because that's doing exactly what this comic does. The Inhumans, they have the Storm Team fighting the Inhumans, which is the action-heavy stuff, but most of the stuff with Emma and Cyclops is about uh, this conflict between 
uh, the, the X-Men hate the humans because they believe they're, they were careless and all this stuff and how Cyclops wants to make an example and so is X-Men the future past the best story because of that is that the sharp division between action scenes and the character scenes hmm they might be two I, different cases. It is definitely yeah, I, different cases. I'd have to watch it again. I don't really remember it too well. I think that's but. a fair comparison, though. And, 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 and I'm not saying Phil's wrong. Like, like I said, read that for once. <laughs> yeah, Devil Reign is the more reader, reader uh, new reader friendly, and this is a comic book, more comic booky because it, it follows continuity. It's an event book. It's like like an event book, but uh, generally when you read X Men, you I, I'd rather read stuff like this that could progress the story more than are just like more like prestige fan service. Yeah, fantasy stuff, kind of. Yeah, I have the ultimate debate settler. Yeah, which of these stories has the Inhumans in it? <laughs> <laughs> I really like. I I just I've, I've the Inhumans. A, I have such a hate for Inhumans and event stories that I just I can't get past it. Yeah, I don't blame you. I, no, I haven't enjoyed one event that we've read. Yeah, they're they're usually shit, and 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 I I, I would have in a lot of different contexts. If it wasn't the X Men, it wasn't Psychos, I might hate this more, but. Those make a huge, and the fact that the humans are already assholes in the story, which I like seeing. Like, there's a lot of things that, I'm, when you read a lot of comics, like this is a story that's only rewarding if you read a lot of X Men. Like X Men is one you really have to read a lot of X Men to really get stories like so these. So let's take a final vote. Phil, do you prefer which one? Do you prefer? Oh, Wolverine for sure. Do we, ha- do we have to do a vote? I think we all. Oh man, because uh... no, Daryl's not too sure. Well, we can just ask Daryl because Daryl's a yeah. It's hard because I'm like I'm split between what each of them does better like i was more interested in this story because there were a lot more things going on and i i anything that gets into a moral quandary is immediately like peaked on my scale even though i absolutely hated it the first time i think i preferred death of x this time what about Sly? You say uh, X. I, I, I'm real. I'm real torn between. Yeah, I'm definitely X. So it feels like now outnumbered by all these idiots who fucking love dumb event books. And fucking <laughs> yeah, dumb I, I, I can't. I'll never. I, I just can't. I, I understand a lot of the points you're making, but I just can't like this. I'm not saying you, I never say you like it. I'm just saying because you were saying like, how can you like this? I'm just saying why I like it. Uh, okay. All right. All right. Okay. So Daryl, you abstain from the vote. <laughs> Yeah, I'm split. If you hold a, if you if you come to my house and hold a gun to my head, I'll tell you. <laughs> Daryl's saying both sides are just as bad. They are, they are very different stories, so it's not unreasonable to not want to compare yeah, them. Yeah, no, that's absolutely true. So I guess that wraps it up. I, I hope you guys like this two part saga. Ooh, that was a long argument. Two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so as always, you should rate, review, and subscribe, and on iTunes and Stitcher and all that stuff, and. Uh, Check out the rest of the shows on the network. We have the sampler out, but uh, we should also... I want to spotlight Square Roots this week because Square Roots just finished Super Mario RPG a couple weeks ago. Love that game. That's a good game. Yeah, and that was really fun. They only did it in, I think, four episodes, so it's a lot quicker to get through than a lot of them. Yeah, a lot of the Super NES RPGs aren't too long. Like, Chrono Trigger is like a 16-hour game. Yeah, and they have just started Daryl's favorite game, Kingdom Hearts. Oh. <laughs> Daryl hates it. Daryl hates this one game. <laughs> Just kidding. It's like eight games now. See this one trick uh, Square did to make Daryl hate their games. <laughs> Include Disney characters. It's called gummy ships. <laughs> uh, yeah, you guys should check out Square Roots. It's great. And cool. uh, that's all I got. Everything else can be found at comraderadio.com. But anyway, thank you guys so much for listening to Divisive Issues. I've been a thousand dead multiple men. I've been the blood cloud. I've been a Debbie Downer. And I've been a horrified, mangled, shallow shell of a sunfire. <laughs> Stay in continuity. Oh.
Redradio.com, Independent Podcasting Network.